Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everyone. Well, more proof that we have live radio. I don't quite have Claire on the line with us, but I'm confident we will shortly. Or Maybe we had a time zone schedule or, gosh, who knows. So I've had uh, shows not go through for a variety of reasons. Usually it's an emergency. So I hope everything's okay. Um, Claire Diaz-Ortiz, at Claire on Twitter, is considered one of the most innovative female voices in digital media today. As an author, speaker, angel investor, and innovation advisor, she was named one of the most creative, 100 most creative people in business by Fast Company Magazine. Claire was an early employee at Twitter, where she was first hired to lead corporate social innovation. I'm going to slow down and give her time to call in. Hopefully she's got us now. I don't know. I know we're on different time zones, so it could be just as simple as that. Um, In Claire's work, she's been called everything from the woman who got the Pope on Twitter and um, Force for Good by Forbes, one of the most generous people in social media by Fast Company. She's an award-winning author. There she is, I think. Hang on. (laughs) Tell me that's Claire. Hi, Claire. There you go. Good. Claire's an, I'm going to keep going here. Claire is an award-winning author of eight books that have been published in more than a dozen countries. And today she's, uh, Claire, is your book out yet? Social Media Success for Every Brand? Yeah, it came out last month. It did. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I saw it like, I saw it launch, but I didn't know if that was like a pre-sale launch or, or whatever. So welcome to Best Ever You. Thank you so much for, for, uh, being here. It's it's wonderful to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Um, and for those of you listening live, um, you can go to Claire's website. It's clairediazortiz.com. And um, where where should we start? What I mean, gosh, um, I have I really have so many questions for you, but you're a mom of twins. I wanted to go there first. Out of all the things that you're doing, you're also a mom of twins. Thank you. Yeah, the twins are adorable in photos and in person they are crazy and wild and also adorable. But yeah, they spend they just turned three and so they spend most of their time these days just trying to kill each other or themselves, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But yeah, they're they are funny. They are some funny dudes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think about, so I'm a mom of four boys, and my kids, I'm 50, and my wow. kids are 18. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally different spectrum from where you're at here at in life. I've been there, <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say, so my kids are 18, 20, 22, and 24, and while I feel like I've sort of been there, you know, done that, you know, kind of mode, we're always learning, because, you know, they're doing their college thing, but I didn't do that during the time of social media. I mean, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I like to say, it's funny. I mean, I did that thing kind of a a bang because when I had my first child, she's five years old now, my daughter, when I had her, I actually live tweeted her birth. And so it was sort of, you know, really ushering in the age of social media with my child. And I I like to 
say that that was kind of an event in some ways I regretted. It, it was fun, but I'm not sure it was the wisest of, of moves. Whatever. But I think absolutely it, it's kind of, a, it's, you know, an example of, wow, what a crazy world we live in that, you know, these days you can technically live tweet the birth of a child. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing what you can do. I mean, I think some of the kids even have their own Instagrams. Do you have that? You don't have that, uh, right? We don't have that yet, though, but I've heard that there's this, um, what is it? It's a trend up in California to wait for eight or something, which is waiting till eighth grade to give a kid a phone, which seems like, seems like an incredible effort. Seems like a long time. Yeah, um, yeah even Mike, no, yeah, we, eh, about third grade. That's, you know, and they were brand new back then. Think, go back away, you know, because they're 18 to 24. You know, those were like, you know, (laughs) press the button three times to get an A, (laughs) press the button three times to get, you know, there was no real texting. It was literally just sort of a phone. But yeah, no, I, um, I can't imagine what that, what that would, would be like. But anyway, all right. So social media success for every brand. I really want to talk about this book with you because, you know, how do you do that for every brand? What What are some of your tips to help us be successful in social media? Considering limited limited time here, I thought we would go like thirty minutes, forty minutes. Does that work for your time frame? That's great. That's great. Okay. I'll, I'll just sort of dive in. So essentially, Perfect. the concept behind this book, Social Media Success for Every Brand, it was really built out of a lot of the consulting I'd been doing in the last few years. I was an early employee at Twitter, and when I left, I started to do some advising work for startups. I was doing some investing and some advising, and I kept seeing the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm going to tell you a story that's kind of a version of what I was seeing. And so a few years ago, I was working with a startup, and they had brought me on to help relaunch basically their, their product, which had had kind of a, a big, you know, bad marketing launch that hadn't gone well. And so they brought me on to sort of redo it. And so I spent, you know, a really long time developing this in-depth marketing strategy, you know, a couple months with this long document that was going to outline exactly what we needed to do to relaunch the product because it was a great product, but it just hadn't been marketed well. It hadn't been launched well in the beginning. So I come up with this big strategy and I, you know, give it to the executive team and we're going to have our big meeting to talk through my strategic ideas. And, you know, we sit down for this meeting and it becomes clear to me pretty early on that most of the people hadn't really read that much of the report, right? I, I start to, you know, <laughs> hear some kind of grumbling about, oh, well, let's, let's do that, you know, next quarter or let's look at that in 2018, things like that, right? Pushing off some ideas that I had come up with. And then finally, one of the founders of the company, you know, sits up in his chair and I can tell he's about to make his big point. And, you know, he says, you know, Claire, I just think that if you could get Mark Cuban to tweet about us, then we could go viral and then everything would be great. Right. And this (laughs) is the type of thing I had heard again and again from companies. And, you know, I had a personal experience going viral. I had also worked at Twitter where I'd gotten a bunch of big celebrities on the platform. So it wasn't necessarily the most insane of requests, but what it was was an ineffective request. I, you know, I, so I essentially wrote this book as a way to tell people, you know, we need to stop thinking that social media is only good for quote unquote going viral. I mean, the reality in terms of going viral is it almost never works and you can almost never predict it. So it's never a good strategy. 
So this book is really all about kind of taking back social media for what it's good for and teaching you how to build a long-term sustainable brand on, on your platform of choice. I love that because that, you know, I have thought that so many times in my life, especially being older and being on social media, my goal is definitely not to be viral, but I love the connections I can make uh, with other people and learn about people. And then in turn, um, either connect them with someone else that they might need in their life or share their message with, you know, like we're doing right now to help people and so mm-hmm. forth. But, you know, I agree with you, man. If you've got a goal to be viral, that is, you're going to cry. I can't imagine that. Yeah, like, yeah, I you're gonna <laughs> with each face. post you're like hinging on, you know, I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Absolutely. I get so, it. You know, what I yeah. teach people in this book is really this idea that, you know, I believe that there's a really big difference between what we call direct marketing and brand marketing. And direct marketing is, of course, when you, when you send out a marketing message with the goal of making a direct sale, whereas brand marketing is about awareness and building community. And I think one of the big myths that people sort of have, the thing they don't understand about social media is that most of the time social media is really good for brand marketing, for awareness and building a community. And so a lot of times what you see is you see companies who will – jump on social media, they'll, you know, send out some Facebook posts and they'll say, how come we didn't get a million sales? And I say, well, because social media is about building effective brand marketing and awareness for your brand. And then as I say, guiding people up what I call an engagement ladder. So an engagement ladder, the bottom of that ladder is someone first learning about your brand and maybe starting to follow you on social media. And then as you go up the rungs on that ladder, that follower might start engaging with you. They might start clicking on a link to your website. They might join your email newsletter. They might then, you know, get towards the top where they're making a first purchase and becoming a regular customer. But it's all about taking people up that ladder. And at the bottom of that ladder is just getting them aware that, that you exist and you are a brand that can help solve the problem they have. And it's at the top of that ladder that you're trying to sell them things. And, you know, if you look around at a lot of the brands, you know, on social media, a lot of them aren't doing that. A lot of them are just trying to sell you stuff all day, which yeah. is not effective. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it was funny. I kind of learned that a little bit through trial and error just on my own, not, you know, not knowing really what to do and certainly not having um, access to you or your books or anything like that. And like hearing like, don't do this or whatever, you know, and I remember really spinning my wheels with one of my books and, you know, my tweets were like, Hey, and go buy my book and Hey, and go buy my book. And you know, it's like, uh, mm. yeah, no, that didn't work so well. I, I, in fact, I, one time I'm like, I wonder how many tweets or social media posts it actually takes before somebody goes, okay, just stop posting that. I'm going, <laughs> going and buying it. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's really got to, can, do, is there any engagement? like a measure for that? Like how many, how many times a person really actually would have to see something before they would really actually go over and buy it? Well, I mean, I think there are different sort of marketing studies. Some show that someone has to be exposed to an idea, you know, seven times potentially before they purchase it. But none of those studies are really connected yet to social media. They're sort of larger brand marketing studies. And I think one of the things you need to remember about social media is that social media is so ubiquitous so it's around Mm -hmm. us all the time that you can 
see a lot of messages really frequently and that can actually turn people off in a way that, you know, it didn't used to necessarily when you were driving down a highway and you maybe saw that one billboard every day in your commute to work. These days on social media, you know, a brand can basically stalk you. You know, every time you open Instagram, (laughs) you're all of a sudden seeing that same sponsored post for, you know, that suitcase you might have clicked on once. And to a certain extent, it can get overwhelming and people can get frustrated and people can click out. And that's why brands need to really start thinking about developing engagement and less about sort of pushing their direct selling down their customer or their potential customer's throats. Yeah. Do you have any um, tips for how to actually achieve that, how to do that? Like, is there a certain way we should be posting or talking to each other or engaging each other because I know one of my favorite things to do, I probably get annoying on, on Twitter. I love to retweet other people's stuff. Like if I really, mm-hmm. if I could just sit on Twitter and just retweet all day long, I, it would make me happy. I think mm-hmm. it would annoy people. Um, yeah. And you know, <laughs> but it's really my wheelhouse. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Well, sure. So, I mean, my whole book basically walks folks through this model. I call it the SHARE model, and it stands for Story, How, Audience, Reach, and Excellence. And basically, each step in this model is is teaching you exactly how you can go about creating effective social media marketing. So, you know, I think I can sort of give a few highlights of, of each step. So, the first step in the SHARE model is Story which is all about figuring out the clear story your brand wants to tell and then learning how to share that well on social media. And ultimately, once you figure out what your clear story is and what your message is, then what you need to do is you need to think about how you can make your message about your customer most of the time. So I like to call this a social media bank account. And, you know, I say that, you know, a bank account is only going to thrive with, with give and take, right? You need to deposit usually more than you take out. And that's something we don't see enough on social media. But that is really what works when it comes to story. Once you figure out your clear story, then you want to tell it in a way that you're delivering value most of the time. So 80% of the time you're delivering value. And then 20% of the time you are maybe calling your followers to action, to, you know, do something, to, to click on your link or to go to your website or to potentially buy something. So that's kind of the, the first step of this model is story. And then the second step is all about how. So this is about learning the practical logistics of how to post your content on social media. And I would say the most important part of this step is taking the social media brand evaluation that I have in the book. You know, one of the big mistakes I see with a lot of brands is, you know, they might get on a platform like Facebook, say, send out some posts, not see success, and then say, hey, social media doesn't work. When in reality, what's happening is that maybe Facebook didn't work for them, but maybe Facebook isn't the right platform for the type of business they're in. So when you take this social media brand evaluation in the book, you can figure out really what your priority social media platform should be, you know, different niches and different industries do well on different platforms. And so it's important to make sure that you're spending, you know, the majority of your time on a platform that's actually going to, going to work for you. 
So that's step two of this model. Um, and step three of the share model is A for audience, which is all about making sure that your social media marketing is about your audience and not about your brand. And this goes back to this concept that, you know, in really good marketing, you got to remember that your brand is not your hero, your customer is. So the content you share has to, you know, put the customer in, in the light of, of being a hero. And so that's really, really important. And then the fourth step in the share model is reach. And this is about amplifying your brand on social media. And there are a few kind of key ways to do that. I say there are three ways in particular. One way is to create great content, which is something we've kind of already talked about. The second way is to use influencer marketing, which is finding influencers in your given niche. And then the third way is to actually pay to boost one of those other two ways. So that's kind of the way that reach really works on social media. And, you know, the thing to remember that I like to say is it doesn't matter how many times these social media platforms change their algorithms. It doesn't matter, you know, how many times Mark Zuckerberg says, okay, I'm going to stop showing your posts to more and more people who follow your page. One thing will always be true, and that is that these platforms will favor engaged accounts. So for you, the way to actually increase your reach is to increase your engagement. So get more people to engage in your content, and then it's going to be shown to more people. And then the final step in this share model is excellence. So this is about fine-tuning your social media marketing so that you can really reach long-term excellence. And I really think one of the most important things to remember here is that Social media at its heart is really a real-time information, you know, each social media platform is really a real-time information platform. And so if you're on social media, you've got to be able to roll with the punches. And sometimes that can be hard for brands that like to plan and overplan and, you know, get marketing messages approved by many different layers within the organization. But, you know, on social media, you need to be agile and you need to be, you know, as, as close to real-time as you can. Yeah. So that's really kind of the, the overview of this share model that I that I talk about in the book. Yeah, I I, I absolutely love it. it. It's so helpful. Just even that right there, all of you guys can play that back over and over again. And those are real things that you can implement and actually um, find so useful. Um, do you like it when people contact you for um, coaching or specific help or? Um, do you f prefer people read your book and just, you know, do you do, you know, like if somebody is listening to this and they want to contact you, are you okay with that? Or how does that work? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I do, you know, I don't do a lot of advising these days, but I do do a little bit. So, you know, I'm always interested to kind of hear what challenges folks are facing. I think the book is a really good first step. You know, I spent uh, you know, about a year and a half kind of working on the model for this. And I think that people will really get a lot out of it if they kind of dig in. And, you know, I, I just really believe that a lot of the way we generally think about social media marketing is pretty broken. And so my hope is that, you know, by reading this book, people can figure out a path that finally works. You know, I like to say that a lot of brands really feel like when it comes to social media marketing, that they're literally just throwing spaghetti against a wall, right? And they're just trying to see what sticks. They have no idea. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that we do that. And think of how much money brands waste doing this. So this, you know, that's really my goal in yeah. this book is to help people stop wasting money with social media marketing and start finally, finally seeing results. 
Yeah. Do you, do you notice an attitude? And I, I've encountered this a whole bunch, so it's kind of a little bit of a leading question, but sift through it. Um, do you notice a lot that um, people, brands, and so forth um, are reluctant to even be on a lot of the platforms? Like, oh, you know, I don't need social media for my business or myself or whatever. And where I'm where I'm kind of going with that is there's a whole generation of people that are on these platforms do you think that if brands fail to engage people on these platforms like brands might um not be around because the this particular group of people um is growing up with social media so like if you're not on it your brand might be missing out does that make sense yes but i don't think it's just necessarily the the young generation growing up right so each platform okay. kind of targets a different a different age group and a different generation and you know facebook these days for example is definitely skewing yeah, yeah. you know much older than than kind of what what do we call yeah. the generation below millennials those are gen z no who are they are those gen z i, I don't know <laughs> but yeah they're and not on facebook case. they're on snapchat i mean i've got a bunch of right, them that so my kids my kids at right. 24, they do they do two things we notice instantly. They do not pick up paper very often to read it, like a magazine oh. or newspaper or anything like that at all. Um, it was over when they were in the bathroom with like a Nintendo DS. Um, and then the other oh thing that they will they don't do is Facebook. They're on Snapchat. Wow. Yeah. 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 And so that's, again, that gets back to understanding who your audience is, understanding who your customer is and finding the right platform because, you know, different platforms really work for different audiences in different ways and for different goals. I mean, you talk about really loving connecting with people one-on-one -on -one yeah. and, you know, honestly, if, if that's what you love, then things like Twitter and LinkedIn are going to be more effective for you probably than other platforms, you know, platforms like Instagram and Facebook, especially when you're talking about brands or individuals with lots of followers, people don't even see your messages a lot of the time, right? So that's yeah. why for you, something like Twitter or, you know, maybe LinkedIn might be more effective. And, you know, when yeah, we get I, down to sort of niches and different areas, that's a whole other issue also. Do you, um, there's so many people who are just baffled by Instagram. Do you have any that I'm, I just in the past, since we've been on the air, at least 10 people have sent me messages saying, ask her about Instagram. I think mm. it's a platform people really have trouble figuring out because it's like selfie, 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 and no link out mm -hmm. to like information. So like a brand on it is going, what am I supposed to do here? Um, do you right. have any advice? Sure. So I think what, you know, my whole method is about basically showing that social media most of the time is about brand marketing and not direct marketing. So I actually think Instagram creates a constraint that actually helps people to achieve this because you can't link out easily for if you have an account with less than 10,000 followers, it means that you are forced to kind of build your brand and understand that building your brand is actually the first step in the journey, right? Because what you find in a lot of other platforms is someone gets on and they send out just a sales message two seconds after joining Facebook, say, or two seconds after oh, starting or creating a new account on Facebook or Twitter. And so <laughs> with Instagram, you actually can't do that. And I think that's actually a constraint that is helpful. And, yeah. you know, what we're seeing now is, of course, Instagram is kind of like just this incredible, incredible platform for shopping and for sales. And I think a lot of that has to do with the highly engaged nature of it and the brands that, that are built pretty much, you know, on, there are many brands that are literally built on Instagram these days. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that. Do you, did you start out to do this? I mean, when you were a kid, were you like, I I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't know how old you are, and I I don't know if that's even appropriate to ask, but did you grow up with social media? And was this just something that you love? Like, take me to kindergarten Claire for a minute and tell me um, who kindergarten Claire is. No, I mean, I loved writing. I didn't get an email account until I went to college. Uh, I guess social media came out when I was what in my when I was 25 when Twitter launched um, yeah so for me it was something that I learned in my 20s and it was something that I took to initially I took to social media because I had started a blog back in 2006 I started a blog that became popular and it was that was kind of my entryway into the digital world and then sort of in the years after that I began to actually use social media yeah. What's that like? Um, you have degrees from both Stanford and Oxford, an MBA from Oxford. Um, is mm-hmm. kindergarten Claire and elementary school Claire and high school Claire like genius level brilliance? Um, did you? <laughs> <I'm thinking laughs> <so>. <laughs> Tell me about I think, Claire. I think she, studied, she studied a lot. She studied a heck of a lot. And I think <laughs> she put placed, uh, you know, a lot of her kind of self-worth and getting good grades, unfortunately, yeah. uh, to, to, you know, to his detriment. But uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I had a really fun experience at Stanford and a very academically oh. trying experience at Oxford, I would say. Yeah. What is the, um, okay, pardon my ignorance here. I don't know what this is. And I'm sorry, people, I'm asking because I do that when I don't know something I ask. School Foundation Scholar for Social Entrepreneurship. Tell me about that. Sure. So the School Foundation is a large nonprofit organization that supports social entrepreneurs. And that was how they are the foundation. They're started by the president of eBay, Jeff School, and they are the foundation that paid for me to go to business school. So I was a, an entrepreneur running a small nonprofit out in East Africa when I went to business school. And so the reason I could go, the reason I could I could afford it was because the school foundation paid for it. So I've always been very, very grateful for, for their role in my life. Oh yeah, absolutely. Tell me about the nonprofit that um, I I didn't have room to put that in your bio. So I took it out hoping that you would talk about it. Sure. So when I was back in the end of end of 2006, I spent the year of 2006 traveling around the world. I had this crappy, but amazing online job editing essays And so it allowed me to kind of go wherever I wanted. And so my best friend and I, who also had the same crappy but amazing job, went on a trip around the world, which was a sort of dream we'd we'd cooked up a few years earlier when we had graduated from college. And the last stop on this journey was Kenya, where we went to climb Mount Kenya. But through a series of events, essentially, you know, someone we knew said, hey, if you're going to go to Mount Kenya you should really stay overnight at this guest house near the base of the mountain. And so we ended up actually in a guest house owned by an orphanage. And long story short, you know, we, we got to the orphanage that first day and, and pretty much never left. I never climbed the mountain. And I decided that I wanted to, you know, stay at that orphanage and spend the better part of a year there building a, mm-hmm. a nonprofit organization while living in kind of this, this ground floor apartment at the orphanage. So that was really a, a big, big turning point in my life. And the reason that this nonprofit was able to get off the ground was because I had this blog that then turned into this Twitter account that was popular. And so we were able to get support and media through, mm-hmm. through that and build this sort of small nonprofit to this level where it was, you know, helping 
120 kids in this one orphanage in Kenya. And so that was what took me to business school and ultimately took me out, out um, to start working at Twitter where, you know, initially I was tasked with basically building up all the kind of pro-social, non-profit, corporate social innovation programming we had out of the company. So, yeah, I, I, um, I credit a lot to blogger.com, I like to say, where I, I, started, I started typing and I started typing on my first blog. Yeah, yeah. That's epic. Do you still have um, a website for that in, if people wanted to go to um, support that? Yeah, hoperuns.org. Um, it's funny, I was just talking to the tech guy today because there's apparently some problem with the website right now where it's like barely loading. Um, but yeah, it's hoperuns.org. <laughs> Hope All we right. can load it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll make sure I put a link up to that too. I was planning on following up with a, like a more extensive blog with you after the show that kind of you know encompassed the whole radio show and then maybe some questions that you could answer and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll make sure and put that in there. Um, Back to, can we go back to books for a moment and talk about other books that you would, that you've written that you think would be valuable to our audience here at Best Ever You, maybe like one more. Um, There are are a lot of them. So like if you you guys go to Amazon, to Claire's page, um, there's author pages on Amazon and Claire has one and all of her books are listed on that page. But if you were going to pick one, which would, what's another one you would pick? So I would really pick, I think another great book for your audience would be Design Your Day. Um, Design Your Day is a book that I wrote a few years ago, and it's been really well received, and it's been translated into a couple languages. It's called Design Your Day, Be More Productive, Set Better Goals, and Live Life on Purpose. And it's honestly one of my favorite books. I, it's not a long book, but I think it's a really powerful book. I'm a real fan of productivity and intentionality, and this is kind of a book that combined some of the methods that I developed over time. And one of the things that I had kind of developed, which also might be relevant to your readers that connects to this book, is this thing called the Work by Design Summit. It's, it's this free online summit at workbydesignsummit.com. And people can go and you watch a bunch of videos of people talking about productivity and intentionality. And it really came out of, um, out of this book. And out of the, the kind of studies and the reading and the, the self-implementation I did while, while building it, while writing it, I should say. So, yeah, that is a book I would recommend. And if you, if you hadn't written it, would you still buy it? Like if you came across it in a bookstore, would you be a purchaser of the book? Yeah, and I think it's got an amazing title. I think Design Your Day is a fantastic title. Yeah. I'm very proud of that title. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. I, I think that's uh, – and is that is there a certain age group that's written for or a certain segment of the population or anything like that or just anybody? Um, and I always ask no, that question I because think. I never know. Yeah, I never know if stuff's appropriate for teenagers. And we have a very large teen audience, um, teen and college oh, really? audience. So, yes, enormous. And uh, well, you know, enormous for us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the, I want to make sure that that's a, appropriate, like they could pick that up and read that. Yep, Definitely. All right, good. So back to um, let's go back to social media success for every brand. Do you um, do you have any? Um, I know that you're you have uh, you're a social innovator. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So you might have something that you're thinking about or direction that you might think something's going in that the rest of us might not have thought of. Do you have any advice along those lines for um, you know? looking forward to 2020, 2021, 
and putting foundation um, in place right now to plan for what may or may not happen. I know that's a that's a big sentence in a tall order, but um, you know, like a visionary type thing. Do you have anything like that? Hmm. Let me see. Ask me that question again. I'm not sure I really understood. Yeah. Just uh, where I guess it's more like a where do you think social media is headed? That's probably more articulate. Oh, um, sure. You, it, yeah. You know, I think of like you know, you've got a lot of different things that you think about. Um, I'm just wondering if one of them is like, where are we going with all of this? And um, sometimes people like to know that, like be ahead of the curve. Yeah, I mean, I think really where we're going with all of this is towards a more intentional world in terms of our digital media use. I think we're seeing a lot of people start to, you know, come up with organizations and nonprofits and books that relate to this kind of idea of, you know, being intentional with your digital time, going on a digital detox, developing, you know, what I like to call digital resilience. All these types of things are becoming increasingly important. And I really think that is, is the future of where we see things going. I think we've kind of hit the, the peak and we are now coming down from that. We see that, you know, people can spend their whole lives on these platforms. It really, you know, the world has become the Truman Show in many, in many senses. And now we kind of have to figure out how to, how to make that really work. And that doesn't mean vilifying social media by any means, but no. it does mean being intentional. I saw a tweet the other day that I just thought was really powerful, actually. It was, it was a picture of a bunch of people on a subway car in, I don't know, I, I would say it was the 1950s. I'm not sure. And everyone on the subway car had a huge newspaper open and was reading the newspaper, right? And the tweet was basically making a commentary on the fact that, you know, there is so much negativity around the idea that everyone looks at their phones these days. And the tweet was saying, but hey, you know, we as humans, we've always found sort of things that to obsessively distract ourselves with. And I thought it was an interesting point. Um, it doesn't yeah. negate the many, many very real issues that social media and digital media use bring up in terms of our attention spans and in terms of our, you know, adolescence well-beings and all those types of issues. But I think it is something to remember, right? It isn't all social media's fault. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I find you to be one of the one of the most inclusive people that I've come across. There's a lot of people on the internet and so forth, and you and Sherry Salata are incredibly inclusive people. Um, I have found, you know, like I, I think I I can't remember what post it was, Claire, and I meant to look at this before we went live on the air, and you had posted something where like a whole bunch of like there was no women there were no women on this list, and I can't remember what list it was. And it was mm, how I yeah. discovered you. What was that again? Refresh my, my old memory here because I remember Yeah, no, you. I wrote a post. Yeah, so the Forbes magazine came out with a list of 100 innovators. And there was this big, you know, annual list. And they only had 99 women. Sorry, they only had one woman, one woman on the entire yeah. list of. Yeah, and so I came out with sort of a rebuttal list that got a lot of attention just because it was also a great way to highlight a bunch of women that other people recommended in the comments. And so you were, you were kind to, you know, help promote that and post it on your own oh, site fun. and do that kind of stuff with it. Yeah. So it was, you know, it, that was, that was a fun, a fun way to meet a lot of great people. Wasn't it? And I was so proud of you for not being possessive of your idea too. I'm like, Oh, good. Finally. Cause you could join in the fun. And when I was like, can I put that on my blog, Claire? And like, can we add to it? And can we honor your original posts and then keep going? You were like, yeah. 
I was like, oh, that is just amazing. Because, you don't, you know, sometimes people are like, um, no, that's my idea, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And they get really possessive of their information. And I thought that was so cool of you to do. Pardon my cool word. I know I'm old. But, um, you know, that was just very sweet. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, all right. So we have, we have like nine, you know, like five to 10 minutes um, to go. And I just want to make sure that we talk about, I really want to talk, can I talk mom, everything mom with you for a while? Sure. It'd be okay. You know, it departs from everything yeah. social media sort of, but yeah. do you, do, you know, we, whenever we have access to someone like you, we know they're, they're, doing a lot of things all at once and um and maybe not maybe things i i came across somebody uh, yesterday on the radio who was like you know not every day is the same and not every day is all of those things all at once do you have any advice Mm -hmm. for us moms out there um who are whether we're working at home whether we're at home moms whether we're in an office and all those things what's your what's your advice on uh getting everything done Oh, gosh. I mean, my biggest advice is not to beat yourself up. That's something that I I spend a lot of time doing and I'm trying to spend less time doing. But I think it's, you know, one of the the hardest things is the way that we don't get the things done or we stress about not getting the things done. And then we kind of uh, beat ourselves up about it in the process, which just makes everything worse. So I would really (laughs) encourage women to (laughs) try and not beat themselves up. I sometimes... I joke, so I live in Argentina, and in Argentina, the way we communicate in our school, we use WhatsApp pretty much for everything, right? And so I use WhatsApp for, you know, the plumber and the pediatrician and the school bus and, you know, the teacher. And and so all the school groups, all the mom groups are all on WhatsApp. And I swear that managing these groups for each of my three kids feels like a full-time job. And my husband and I often joke because, you know, the vast majority, you know, 99% of of these parent groups are all moms. Just that's the culture here. And that's nothing about the the school WhatsApp groups is they've just culturally become all moms. And I say to my husband, you know, sometimes I feel really pressured to do things that I just simply do not have time to do because I'm a working mom and, you know, not everyone is. (laughs) And so we sometimes joke that if I were to add him to these chats, you know, if I were, he was saying, you know, well, we have three kids. He was like, well, give me one of the kids, right? Give me one of the kids. And each kid probably has three or four different chat groups regarding their various activities and schooling. <laughs> and said, okay, give me one of the kids. And I was like, okay, sure. And I, you know, we have this theory that when he, you know, takes over one of the kids for the next school year, or we're on an opposite schedule because we're in the Southern Hemisphere, so the next school year starts in a few months, we just have this theory that, you know, all the other moms, no one's going to bug him for anything, right? They're just going to be like, he's doing a great job because he's a dad, and even if he does 10%, that's awesome. (laughs) And I feel like with women, it's like we almost, you know, unknowingly are shaming the other moms if if they're only operating at 90%, you know, and it's, it's really tough for me as a working mom, honestly, with little kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've been there. I'll, I think PTA threw me right over the top. <laughs> Sorry, PTA. Oh, do you know uh, what that is? With, I mean, do you know what PTA? Yeah, parent teacher, teacher yeah, organizations and stuff. Oh, yeah, I just was like, you know, at working and trying to be engaged with the other moms and at you know at school and volunteering and all that stuff. And I remember, um, I'm not very crafty. I don't know how you are in that world, but you know, 
Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not the one to call if there's a craft fair for sure. Um, and they, I, I did one of those things where I said yes, where I should have said no, you know, kind of like out of total mom guilt. And there I am assigned. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally assigned to the the T-shirt tote bag craft table with a glue gun. And I'm like, this is not going to end well, Mm -hmm. people. And there's a line of like nine-year-olds, you know, and you cut off the sleeves and you glue gun the things together. So you have a handle on each side, right? So it's a T-shirt tote bag. Mm -hmm. And I found that to quite honestly be like the most annoying design ever. They came unglued. The kids came unglued. I mean, all of it. It was just the worst. And of course, it's my table. You know, everybody else are rolling, you know, pine cones and peanut butter and bird seed and everybody's stuff turned out perfect. And I'm at the table from hell. Anyway, I asked for a stapler. <laughs> and I, oh my God. So I stapled the sides together on everybody's bags and just never got, I never was invited back. They were pretty quiet about it. But Oh, right right like that's that's amazing yeah that's yeah, very funny like showing up with cookies or whatever oh yeah that's the whole thing yeah. um so yeah you gotta say no and just say no to a lot of stuff and it's very it's funny though because you want to say yes and no has got to come out of the mouth and it's uh it's tricky it's tricky because you want to be involved too yeah and there yeah. are, I I marveled at the moms who would be there all day. I'm like, yeah, uh, yep, yep, nope, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm. I wanted to be, but mm. anyway. So yeah, no, I feel you. So you, so you are, um, yeah, you're in that mode. Aren't you? How old are the kids now? I I when we first started, I didn't realize you had a daughter. There. Yeah, I have a five year old daughter, and then I have twin boys who are three. Yeah. So you got it ahead of you for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, oh, so cute. Yeah, you have to come back and update me on how that's going. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, mom well. success for every school. Or so you're gonna have another book out with you know volunteering for moms <laughs> or something. The guide to be, the guide to being a great volunteer at your kid's school. Um, okay, I've got one more question. We have three minutes left. Tell me about the woman who got the Pope on Twitter. I got a question to ask you that, and I'm kind of wondering now too because I didn't. I guess I did read that, but I don't know what that is, and I missed it. How did I miss that? Sure. Tell me about. Yeah. That. So when I was uh, when I was working at Twitter, one of my my mandates was basically helping with growth marketing in the company. And our theory of growth at the time was all about getting influential people on the platform in different niches and in different countries and in different demographics. And so. I spent about a year working with the team at the Vatican to get Pope Benedict on Twitter. And it was a great experience. Uh, I got to go to Rome a number of times to work with them. (laughs) And it was just a really, really positive experience um, working with with the team over there. And yeah, total career highlights. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm glad you talked about that. Now, you seem fearless. I want to end on this because... um, your world, your world class, your worldly, and you seem fearless to me. Is there anything that scares you? Um, and talk about being fearless and how, like, if something does scare you, you deal with that. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm really much in a stage of life where I'm trying to kind of learn everything I can about boundaries. I think I'm someone who has just historically really avoided conflict. And so the thing you said about sort of saying yes when you want to say no is something that I've always had a challenge with. And in the last few years, it's become 
really clear that I, I can't at this stage of life, you know, for my health and for the sanity of my family, continue on like this. I simply need to develop better boundaries in terms of what I say yes and what I say no to in my work life. And yep. um, I, I've got to figure that out. So I feel like that's kind of one of the big challenging journeys I'm on. So I'm always interested in kind of new resources that can, that can help me kind of expand in that area, honestly. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying yes to this because this was fun having you here. And um, but I totally so respect I totally respect the no here and there. Um, completely get it. So, but I I totally appreciate you saying yes to this, and it's been so much fun to have you here. I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll be involved with our website when you can. And I wish you all the best with your new book, Social Media Success for Every Brand. Um, and I can't wait to see all the things that you do in the future. You are one of the women I'm going to name to watch. I have a list coming out and I think you're going to be right at the top of it. (laughs) So I'm excited. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Okay. Well, thank Thank you you. for this. Have a great day. You too. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the best ever you show. That is the one and only Claire. And I'm so proud and honored to have her here with us. And remember, we're all grassroots. We don't have any advertising dollars at this and we have several million downloads. So I appreciate it when you guys just embrace our guests and love their books and do all those amazing things that you do with our community. So thank you all for listening and join us tomorrow at 10 a.m. for our Good Morning Gratitude show. Gary Kobat and I are coming on and you all can call in at 646-787-8537. Press one and share what you are grateful for. It's a huge community show tomorrow. So thank you all for listening. Have a great day. And oh my gosh, thank you, Claire. At Claire on Twitter, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.